Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, we're going to have a little bit of a special show today. I've had a lot of people ask me about what my thoughts on uh, some of these U of A uh, NBA players, because keep in mind, this is a basketball school. We produced a lot of really good pros. And what my opinions on, uh, because there's a lot of different guys that are making some real moves out there. So let's get started here on Locked on Wildcats. You are Locked on Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for keeping it Locked On Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. Okay, now let's talk because, again, one of the things that we were really blessed with Lute Olsen was that we were able to see a lot of players that uh, went on to star in the NBA and play, you know, and basically it was kind of an extension of Arizona. That's what uh, that's what I think people found so enticing about it. Now, so let's get started here on where exactly everything stands with that. First thing that I think people need to look at is Lowry Markinen. I have had a lot of people ask me over the years, well, over the years, over the years, say, if you could have one player from the Sean Miller era that Tommy Lloyd, the Tommy gun, could use, who would it be? And I have always said, and I maintain to this day, that it would be Lowry Markinen, and for a variety of reasons. First and foremost, he is the epitome of what Gonzaga likes to do with their big men. He's about six, yeah, he's about six eleven, seven foot. He's pretty fluid with the ball. As a matter of fact, he's very fluid with the ball. And he is able to he's able to shoot. He's able to post. He's able to do a lot of other th- uh, really good but different things out there. Now, um, you watched him with Arizona. And he was miscast. I don't think that there's uh, any way about right, any way uh, around that. He was miscast. Uh, Miller, Sean Miller, did some very good things here. Being creative on offense was not one of the things that Sean Miller uh, specialized in. I don't think that I'm really breaking any uh, any news there. And so, what eventually would happen is we would see Lowry Markinen lurking around the three point line. And you're just kind of like, what are you doing out there, man? And that's essentially what Arizona, it's essentially what would happen with him. And it just didn't make a ton of sense because, again, while he is kind of your typical, uh, you know, he's kind of your typical uh, international player, he also was able to do a lot more than he was allowed to show here. He can face, he can post, he can, he's got a little bit of wiggle off the bounce. He can do a lot of different things out there, and he was never able to show it uh, at Arizona. And I think that's what's uh, I think that's what's frustrating for some people out there. But he goes off to the NBA, and he it takes him a little bit of time. You've got in Chicago, he was always kind of in that second or third, uh, kind of in that second or third round or that realm where yes, they're invested in you, but at the same time, I don't know that, uh, 
it ever looked like Chicago really built their uh, their offense around what they what he was trying to do. Then you bring in Zach Levine, you bring you got Demar Derozan. Those were going to be those were going to be the players. Um, then he goes off to Cleveland. It's an interesting spot. You've got even more talented young guys. You've got a Darius Garland. You've got a uh, an Evan Mobley. You got players like that who were the priority, who were the focal point of what we're trying to do over there. Um, then it comes down to exactly what, uh, you know, what um, uh, Utah, what the situation Utah was in when they brought him in. Now you got to remember, Utah was expected to be one of the very worst teams in the NBA this year. They were expected to be a team that would contend for the Victor Wimbenyama uh, sweepstakes. Uh, Utah has played very, very well this year. And part of it has been because of the unleashing of Lowry Markin. And you look at his numbers, he's putting up 20 and eight. He's been incredibly efficient uh, with that 20 and eight. And the thing about it too, he doesn't look, it doesn't look fluky out there. It looks like he is, um, he's going to be able to continue to do this. Now, again, I don't know that that's going to be the case, but he does look like he's going to be able to do this. And right now, I think you're looking at a player that's going to be set for an all-star appearance. And there's not a ton of guys in U of A history that have had those all-star appearances. And I think he's there. So again, big shout outs to Lowry Markinen. Thought he played, thought he was uh, incredibly impressive. Um, thought he was incredibly impressive uh, at uh, so far this year. Now, the other guy that has really, really taken the nation by storm has been Benedict Matherin. Now, Benedict Matherin, I was very, very high coming out. I thought that he should have been the, uh, I thought he should have been the fifth, uh, or excuse me, the fourth pick. I understood uh, choosing the three big guys, but I thought he should have been that third pick or that fourth pick. Um he is a he's a difference maker. He's going to be an all NBA type dude. He's going to be if you were to tell me that Ben Matherin was going to average 25 points a game at some point and be a first or second team all NBA guy, I don't know that any I don't know that anybody quite frankly would be in the least bit surprised by that. As a matter of fact, I think that that's probably a very uh I think that's a fairly a safe assumption as long as he doesn't get hurt. But the thing that was very impressive about him when he came back, you got to remember this, when he came back uh, for his second year at the U of A, he went from just being a straight line driver and a three-point shooter to a guy who was able to make plays off the dribble, who was able to get others involved. He's an underrated passer as well. And just as importantly, he wants to be great. That is a huge, huge part of it. He wants to be great. And and the, uh, he's also in a weird way. He's also in a good spot when it comes to. Uh, he's also in a actually he's in a very good spot when it comes to where we're at with. Uh, um, excuse me, uh, uh, teammates. What you look for from the Indiana Pacers because again you've got Tyrese Hall. You've got Tyrese Halliburton. You've got uh, the point guard position. You got Chris Duarte as well. You've got some pretty nice young players there, and he fits in well. I think it's just a matter of time before he gets into that starting lineup. And once he gets into that starting lineup, I don't think that he's going to look back. Again, if you were, to, I've always, well, 
it's hard to really make a case that anybody other than Gilbert Arenas is the best U of A pro ever, mainly because his apex was so much higher than uh, than anybody else at the U of A. I mean, you got to remember, this was a guy that scored 30 points per game for, what, four years, something like that, was all NBA. I mean, you could make the case that he was one of the five, six, seven best players in the world. Um, Benedict Matherin, I think, could be the first guy that maybe challenges that. Now, again, that's lofty expectations, but we'll see exactly where this does play out. But right now, Ben Matherin, you got to be incredibly impressed by what you've seen. Okay, now the guy who is the only first pick in U of A history, DeAndre Ayton. At this stage in the game, you know what DeAndre Ayton is, or at least you know what he is with the Suns. He's going to be about 17 and 11, and uh, he's going to be kind of the backbone of that defense. At the same time, though, he's probably not going to – He's not going to be really a, a game-changing difference maker. I think that there were hopes when he came out that he could be, and again, i got to be careful here, but I think that there were hopes that he could be a David Robinson type where he was going to be 25 and 12. Um, that just doesn't appear to be in the cards for, I guess, a variety of reasons. You could say, first, it's not in the cards because uh, maybe he's just not that good. Um, maybe especially with his back to the basket game, it's just not that good. And, you know, he was able to just dominate against smaller guys in college. Or you could also say that the Phoenix Suns, they don't know how to use him. And I, I think it's a little bit of both. I've never bought into the uh, theory that he should just be some kind of rim runner, pick and pop type guy. I think that he's got legitimate skills with his back to the basket. But it doesn't look like the uh, doesn't look like the uh, Phoenix Suns agree with me on that. And you know what? That's okay. They're obviously smarter than me. They've done a pretty good job there. But Aiton, I think, is going to be seventeen and eleven for his entire career, and maybe he makes an All Star game or two. I don't see him ever being an All NBA player. Um, I don't think that. I just don't think that that's in him at this point because I do think he kind of is what he is. But he can still be a he can still be a very good pro, and I think that's kind of where we're at. All right, now the next one, Aaron Gordon. The uh, Aaron Gordon is it, he was an easy guy to project coming out because you knew that he was going to very very good defender. Nobody's surprised by that. But not only was he going to be a very good defender, he was. It was probably going to be a little difficult for him to be able to get to be very good offensively. Um, he's okay offensively, but he doesn't just, he doesn't have a lot of natural skills when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. And that's not, you know, that isn't meant to be condescending, whatever it is. His handle isn't very good. The shot is odd. Um, he's always going to be limited on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively though, he's very good. And that's where he's been able to, uh, really make a, uh, make a name for himself. And if he is your fourth guy, you're fine with that. But where he gets really miscast, and what you saw with this in Orlando, you saw this in other places, he gets miscast if he has to be your best. He If he has to be one of your two or three best players, that's where it's like, eh, this isn't a very good fit right there. But overall, he's a pretty good, he's a pretty good NBA player. Now, switching back then a little bit to some of the college or the, some of the guys from last year's team, let's talk about. Uh, Dalen Terry. I've had a lot of people ask, well, why isn't Dalen Terry playing? It's pretty simple. Uh, it's pretty simple, folks. The reason that Dalen Terry isn't playing is that 
he is, uh, you know, and he said this when he was coming out, he said that he would rather learn on an NBA bench and get paid than be in college. And I totally get that. And I respect that, but you got also got to remember that Dalen averaged eight points, five rebounds and four assists last year. He was not a all American, all conference player. He emerged late, but you know, again, he was not that dude. Um, and so anybody that thought that he was going to go to the NBA and he was going to be a, you know, a next level difference maker immediately. I don't know what you were really looking at. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think that, uh, this is pretty much par for the course. I think everybody uh, should be expecting basically what he's been doing at this point. Um, so, but when, but when you, uh, when you draft a guy like Dalen Terry, you are looking at him and you are projecting out somewhere into the future. You're projecting somewhere out into the, you know, into year three, into year four, where he can really make a contribution. Heck, maybe he can make it sooner, but I'm not really surprised that he's had to take a little bit of time. It'll come. All right. Now, another guy obviously need to uh, take a close look at is Christian Coloco. Now, if you were to tell a lot of people before last season that Christian Coloco would not only be in the NBA, but Christian Coloco would be starting in the NBA, I think a lot of people would probably look at you like you were crazy, and rightfully so, they would look at you like you were crazy. Because Christian Coloco is, you know, he came in as a project under Sean Miller. He wasn't particularly good, um, certainly struggled with confidence. He's come in, and yeah, he's going to be in the NBA for a long time because defensively he can move very well. Um he, I think he will develop a three-point shot at some point. And if he develops that three-point shot, he's going to be a really good fit. But he's going to be a good rotational guy. I think I've always felt that Chris Boucher is kind of the good comparison for him. Again, Chris Boucher, big man out of Oregon. Got to remember. Uh, but with him, um, that's to me the comparison. And it's also unique, I think, that they're playing together. All right. Now, let's move to... Let's move to bet online. All right, the bet online sports book. All right, so here's the deal. Bet online is where you go for essentially everything that you uh, that you get. And the thing about bet online that makes it so unique is that bet online is easy to use. Again, a lot of people are like, eh, you know, I don't know about the sports book betting apps. Um, uh, you know, it's a little confusing. I don't really know what's going on. This is easy. It delineates everything for you. You go on there and not only can you, you go on there, but not only can you bet in game, you can bet props, you can bet futures, you can bet a lot of different things that are incredibly enticing. Now, again, let's just say that you'd want to bet on Arizona to, well, I don't know, let's say to win the Pac-12 in basketball. This would be the place you would go. You'd get the best odds, and again, it's easy. So check it out, the Bet Online Sportsbook. Um, we will be right back with you. Now we're going to talk about a guy that uh, is one of the fans of, or is one of the favorites of U of A uh, basketball fans out there. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. Now, let's talk about the most improbable guy on an NBA roster, Mr. TJ McConnell. Now, I got to be clear. I got to be honest with you. I never saw uh, I never saw TJ McConnell playing in the NBA. 
There was not one minute when I watched him at the U of A and I said, that's going to be a guy that's going to play in the NBA. Just didn't ever look like it. Kudos, though, to TJ McConnell because not only is he playing in the NBA, he is excelling. The other night he had a 19-10 and 10 game. I mean, come on. I mean, raise your hand if you thought that. So, again, he not only is he playing, he's excelling in the NBA. And there's a lot of reasons for it. And I talk, was talking with Matt Muehlbach about this. First, he's an underrated athlete. I think way, way too often people get into the mode where they're like, all right, well, to be a great athlete, uh, you got to jump high. No, there's a lot of guys who aren't great athletes that can jump high. The mark of a great athlete is – do you have what kind of explosion do you have? What kind of vertical or what kind of uh, quick twitch do you have? And they have great, and all those guys have great quick twitch muscles. TJ McConnell has amongst the best. You watch him, he can move side to side very efficiently, very well. It looks easy for him. And that's something that he's been able to uh, that he's been able to accomplish from pretty much day one. It also helps him become a very good defender. And offensively, while he's never going to be able to shoot, he's always going to be able to initiate an offense. He's going to be able to wreak havoc defensively. There's just a lot of things about his game where you're like, man, he's going to be around for a while. And he's a winner on top of that. I mean, you got to remember, this is a guy that uh, he won in college. And you put him on an NBA team, and he's going to make an impact out there. Now, again, if he's a starter, you're probably in pro- probably in a little bit of trouble. But again, that's not his role. He's not a starter out there. He is a uh, he's he's a guy that uh, is a very very good rotational piece. So again, that's kind of where we're at with TJ McConnell. Let's take a quick break and then sum up exactly what all of this means for Arizona going forward. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right. Like we talked about, one of the most enjoyable things about the Lute Olsen tenure, besides uh, kicking ass on the court, was having a plethora of NBA guys out there that you could always count on. You were going to have a, you were going to have your Andre Iguodala's, your Gilbert Arenas's, your Michael Dickers, or you know, heck, your Michael Dickerson's, your uh, your Mike Bibby's, your Jason Terry's, your Richard Jefferson's, your Sean Elliott's. I can keep going on and on down the list, and it made you feel like you were invested in that team, and that's where I think that's where with Tommy Lloyd now here, that's what you want to be able to see again. You want to see produce some more of these great players. Now, again, I don't know on this roster who is that, but you're adding, you'd add a new life with Ben Matherin, with Dalen Terry, and with Christian Coloco. You've got some other players in there as well. And it's also a great recruiting tool. I know some people have had concerns about Tommy Lloyd's recruiting, but you know, the easiest way to recruit somebody is to be able to say, all right, well, see what you were able to do, see what that guy was able to do. You can do that as well. And you can make millions of dollars here. Watch what I can do. That is where I think uh, where I think Arizona is in a good spot. And again, I don't know on that roster who it is, but I feel that Tommy Lloyd's going to be able to get some players right there. So again, wanted to have kind of a special uh, Thursday, just kind of an NBA breakdown for you all. But again, as always, really appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your Thursday. We will be back with you tomorrow. Again. 
big week for Arizona with basketball, with football, and at Walked On. We are here with you every single day of the week. So again, have a great rest of your Thursday and happy Thanksgiving to you and yours.